0: Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossack. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to Viewpoints for the first time, Graham Broadbent, who's an educational consultant, uh, a school reviewer here in Victoria, and a, a former teacher and educator in uh, the UK. Welcome to Viewpoints, Graham Broadbent.
1: Hello, Henry. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it's good to talk to you. So uh, appreciate
0: the opportunity. Our pleasure, and we certainly enjoy, I know my staff enjoy working with you on leadership development. Now, Graham, your career started in the UK, England, I think, specifically. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, that part of your, your professional career.
1: Yes, um, I started back as a PE teacher in secondary school in, um, in England. And um, I went to Loughborough University, which is renowned for its sports. So, uh, yeah, and then I moved on and um, had a couple of PE teacher roles, then moved up to what was called head of department. So I was responsible for the PE department. Um, that was in a sports college. Um, mm. Now, in England, they've got what's called the specialist schools and academies trust, or they did in the day um and sports colleges through arts colleges performing arts colleges and science colleges and things um the sports colleges the idea was to get the values of sports throughout the whole school um It wasn't everything relating to sport, everything, you weren't playing sport all the time. It was just a a normal secondary school. But um, the idea of of using sport as a medium to connect with students and uh, improve outcomes was something I really liked. So, yeah, I was fortunate enough to then um, become what was called director of specialism. So um, I then took underneath my, uh, within my team, there was PE, but also drama and dance. So don't get me onto those because they're not my specialists <laughs> at all. But, um, yeah, so that was good fun. And um, we were in the middle of offset there. So we were having ins- inspections quite um, frequently, um, which was quite challenging. But I learned a lot, which has helped me in my future career. So, uh, yeah, offset is, is quite challenging. But... Um, I always try and learn from things, learn from experiences, and mm. yeah, gathered uh, some um, information and expertise from there and then moved on to um, assistant head teacher. So um, that's the equivalent in Australia, probably, a um, learning specialist. And again, mm. that was in a different sports college where I was really able to take my, um, my work whole school. Um, as a result of that, I, I took some students to Ethiopia, on a um, on an exchange visit with um, some other schools as part of a, a British Council thing, so that was quite interesting. So it's helped me out and uh, given me in, in, um, information from, from around the world, which was which was great. Um, and then beyond there, deputy head teacher uh, and then head teacher in a um, in a school in North Yorkshire. And, um, from there, it was, um, it was a strange time in my life because, um, I thought to myself, do I want to stay in England all the time or mm-hmm. do I actually want to go and uh, move around the world? So it was my granddad actually who, uh, who, um, said to me, Graham, why are you still here if you, if you're thinking about going elsewhere? So yeah, I came over on a visit to see a couple of close friends who lived in Melbourne and, um you can do a lot of planning and thinking on a 24-hour flight uh, yes. back from, um, from here to there. And I did. I, I made the plans and made the moves. So that's the, the potted history from England. Mm. Um, yeah, yes. they moved over to here.
0: Now, now you're interested in, uh, in, in sport. I'm interested to know the, that they were using sport, if you, th- you like, almost as a, a catalyst to engage students. Um, how successful was that approach in those schools at the time from what you can recall?
1: Yeah, good question, Henry, thanks. Um, so at the school, in um, the this, um, the school where I was, um, had whole school responsibility where I was um, assistant head and director of sport. That was in Gisborough, which is, again, in North Yorkshire. And um, we were really able to, we did a number of whole school events. Basically, we based a lot of it around a reward system. So I created in the school hall what I called the Stadium of Success. Um, and I put all these pictures of, like, chairs around the, stuck them all up around the, the hall and um, there were different milestones on those and if students received rewards then they would, um, So an example of some of the, the prizes might be tickets to Middlesbrough Football Club, um, mm-hmm. which is not a huge club but still to the, to the students there at the time um, that was something that they, they really valued. Um, so we did whole school events, we had um, things around the Olympics And um, basically just getting those ideals of teamwork um, and the other values of sport to really try and support um, teachers in their work, but students in their work as well. So um, it was quite interesting, one of the teachers at the time who was probably what we would call a little bit old school and Mm. sort of slightly negative. Um, for some, I don't know how I did it, but he, um, he thought the work I was doing was really good. And he said to me on a couple of occasions, you've really opened the door to sport for me. I didn't get this sports college before you, but you've really tried to, you're not putting sport there as the pedestal. You're just using the values of sport to try and underpin everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose that's my approach is to try, when I do my school reviews here, I don't go in like, oh, I know it all and be all and end all, and this is it, you must listen to me. The idea of trying to get people to work together and use all the brains in the room to try and um, get the best outcomes. So that was my approach, um, and, it, yeah, it seemed to work. Um, we had um, some really impressive data as well. The PE department obviously did well with their, their data for the the GC, GCSEs and the A-levels, which are the... Um, PC equivalent over there. Um, And it was also able to get extra funding for the school, which we didn't just use in sport, but we we shared around, which again brought out the idea of we're in it together rather than just the PE department gets it all, Mm. which sometimes has been a problem in some schools, or it was um, at the time.
0: Now, you mentioned in there Ofsted and everybody over here who's had any contact with the English system, or with English teachers hears about it. it um, it's, it's a controversial uh, organization, Ofsted. Um, for people who don't know about it, tell us a bit about it and why does it raise so much uh, emotion either for and against?
1: Yeah, so I'm not an expert on it. I've been through it and um, as part of, um, when I was head teacher over there, you actually joined the Ofsted team for the school. You, you're classed as part of the team for the school. Um, so I've seen it from a classroom teacher perspective. I've seen it from a leader perspective. So what it is, it's the Office of Standards in Education, I believe, is what it stands for, and it's uh, it's the the school, um, the government in, across the whole of the country, and um, their aim is to improve standards in schools. The reason it's controversial is because um, it does it creates an awful lot of pressure and stress for. Um, everybody involved, because it is really quite high stakes um, and people can lose the job from it. They can remove the whole of the, um, the the school council, as it would be here, or the school governing body. Mm. Um, so in one of the schools I worked in, they um, they came back pretty much every couple of months. Um, no notice inspections, which basically meant they could ring you from the, the driveway or the, the school gate and say, we come in in 10 minutes. Sometimes they just rock up in reception um so you were living on a knife edge for some time and it, um, a number of people did lose their jobs through it and in the school what i'm talking about they the only let us um, let us off the hook so to speak um when the school uh, when the principal um resigned and when the school governors um were removed so they introduced what's called an interim executive board and that was their way of um bringing in new people into the school, new leadership, because they believe they needed a new direction. Um, So, yeah, it can be quite challenging. And also, because of that stress and that pressure and workload, there's been, unfortunately, recent um, stories coming out of England about people who've taken their own life as a result of it, which is obviously not acceptable in anybody's um, world. Um, And I know now there are people over there who are refusing to acknowledge offset, and schools are not putting anything on their websites and things like that, whether it's good or bad about offset, because they feel it's gone a little bit too far. However, I understand there's a need for um, making sure the standards in education. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they get the balance right every time, though.
0: Mm, that's a good point you make yes we we know over here accountability is important but at the same time accountability uh, has to be a two-way street in that uh, you, you don't want to be having people you know um, committing suicide over over it and uh, and not uh, staying in the profession we take a short break uh, Graham can you hold the line <laughs> Welcome yep. back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. I'm going to have a discussion on uh, education and careers with uh, Graham Broadbent, who's an educational consultant here and school reviewer in uh, Victoria, Australia. And uh, before the break, we spoke about Graham's career in uh, England, and now we're here in Australia. Welcome back, Graham.
1: Thanks, Henry. Yeah,
0: still here. Now, you've come to Australia. You've stayed here. You're a, a consultant and school reviewer. You've had the privilege of seeing the Australian education system or aspects of it uh, and you're able to, to look at it through the lens of your, your history as a, an educator in England. What are, the, what are the things that strike you about Australian education, uh, here in Victoria especially, um, that are similar and dissimilar to that which you experienced in, in your home country, England?
1: Yeah, in real simple terms, Henry, there isn't that much of a difference. Um, When I first came over here, um, I I, I decided I went from my previous position in England was head teacher, and I made a choice to go and do some CRT, so casual relief teaching, Um, and I made that decision because I wanted to learn the system and be respectful to the system. Um, I soon found out, though, that um, the the systems are, are quite similar, um, there are obviously some differences in there but um the idea of the central curriculum and um the the work you do around that and also that um no matter where you are kids are kids and mm. um, yeah the same challenges that the students were having in england were similar challenges to what they were having here um so i started life as um, crt in australia and then um moved to Dandenong west primary school which was my first um made experience in um in australian schools and i was doing crt there and after a the week they said Grain, we've got a maternity cover would you like to mm-hmm. stay on so that was fantastic i really learned um, not only about um um australian education but also about primary schools because all of my career in england up to that point had been in secondary um we'd done links to primary schools and things like that but it was only really the the year six seven mm. um tradition that i've been involved in so i thoroughly enjoyed working with my grade three four class at dandy west so after um, after dandy west i um I'd been there for a period of time, and there I, I talked to the principal, and um, I said, We've, there's some students here who were, um, as with any school, there's who were perhaps, some were at risk of disengagement. Um, so I created a course which I titled the ACE Group, which was the Alternative Curriculum Experience, um, and we um, I worked with a social worker who was at the school, and, or a youth worker, and um, he used to get a number of Um, like old bikes donated, Mm -hmm. so we basically created a course around um, push bikes and doing them up, and then we ended up making various different things, um, cubby houses and flower beds and things like that. And, um, yeah, so I linked linked in there with elements of the curriculum, um, uh, particularly those uh, the capabilities and um, other skills rather than linking it into your literacy or your numeracy. Um, but I really was proud of that time because there were certain students who had poor attendance, who were disconnecting from the school, who uh, some of the students had social issues, other students there who um, were perhaps not meeting their potential. So I deliberately um, asked for a mixed bag of students who could work with me one day a week and we did some really good things. They planned excursions, they fundraised for excursions and we did a number of various different things. Um, and then me being me, who doesn't let the grass grow under my feet and perhaps <laughs> mo- moves a little bit too quick at times, if I'm uh, if I'm honest. Um, but I, I moved on to be assistant principal at Banyan Fields Primary School in Karen Downs and subsequently principal there after um, the, the, the principal uh, retired. Um, I was there for a, a few years and um, really enjoyed my time there and um Thoroughly enjoyed working with some of the other network schools. Mm. Um, I became network chair. I enjoyed that and uh, worked with with the other schools and developed some work around um, literacy and partnered with the local secondary school. Um, and that was that was um, a good time. I I enjoyed that. Um, but then the opportunity came um, for um, the senior education improvement leader or SEAL. Position, so I, I threw my hat in the ring for that and was fortunate enough to um, to uh, be accepted to be a seal for. Um, I ended up only being a year. I, I made a decision that um, the role wasn't quite what i had expected it to be, mm-hmm. um, and then I I moved out of that role into um, into school reviews and um, now do some consultancy work and fortunate enough to work with um, some. Developing leaders and sharing some information, some knowledge and some experiences to help them um, in their careers as well. So, yeah, I've done quite a lot in the time I've been here, Henry. And um, as I say, I've perhaps, I think more in England than here, i moved through quite quickly. And um, in hindsight, I think um, staying a little bit longer in a position would have allowed me to build better relationships with people because my learning from my career to this point has been and I like the African proverb um, if you want to go alone you go fast Um, so if you want to go fast you go alone if you want to go far you go together and the idea of taking people with you over the recent years I've become a lot more um, about the people and the journey because you can't do everything on your own. And hand on heart, being honest with you here, Henry, in England, I think I was too quick to do some things. And um, yeah, I just, that's, I'm a lifelong learner, I'd like to think I am. So yeah. that I'm reflecting and potentially helping out new future leaders here um, to, I'm not going to say this, make the same mistake, but to consider um, what they're doing, just f- and pause and. Um, there was a, a, a chap I once worked with who, um, it was, so we've got the academy here, or it used to call called BASTO, um, mm-hmm. teaching and learning, um, teaching and leadership. And um, in England, it was, you had to do what was called the National Professional Qualification for Headship. Um, that was part of the national college. And in the school where I was doing my, for want of a better phrase, placement, um, the assistant principal that I was working with, he um, when I left, he and the principal sent me a card and said, you've done a great job, thanks very much. But he wrote in the bottom of it, so it was Latin, I forgive the pronunciation, but it was something along the lines of Festina Lente, which I believe is hastened slowly. So even from that early stage, people were realising that, giving, giving me the advice that, okay, maybe you need to slow down a little bit, but... Um, you only learn from your mistakes if you've got an, a, an open mind, and I'd like to think I have. So, um, yeah, who knows what the future will bring, but I'm, um, I'm enjoying the work I'm doing at the minute. And if I can support people, whether it was students in schools or colleagues in the profession, to make the most of their experiences and, um, and do the best they can to get great outcomes for the students, then I'm happy that I'm in this position and fortunate that I can uh, do this work with people.
0: Absolutely. Time's on the wing, Graham. I'm sure you're doing that, and we know you are from our own experience. Um, you've had quite a bit of experience now in two countries, whether you've, uh, and you've learned to hasten slowly. Um, looking out at the landscape now, it's, it's no surprise to anyone that uh, post-COVID uh, or even at this point yeah. in the COVID experience, the teaching profession here in Australia, Victoria, and overseas in many countries, Western countries, <clears throat> it's struggling. Um, it really yeah. is. Um, what's your take on it and how can we fix it?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, Henry, and I think if anyone had the answer, they'd be, um, <laughs> they'd be making a lot of money. So... Um I don't think there is a, a there is an answer, but uh, the you're dead right. Um, I'm hearing this in the schools I'm going into, um, whether that's in a, a capacity as a mentor to principals or as a reviewer or as um, in my consultancy work um, that the recruitment of quality staff is and having people in front of the students in the classes and getting the right people in front of the students in the classes is a challenge that I'm hearing across the state. Yeah. Um, I know some areas are, are, have got um, have not got the challenges of others, but I think in every school there's been some um, concern about um, getting the right people in front of the students in the classes um, because it can be so detrimental to have the wrong person there and um, to... Keep education moving forward. Um, you need good people to do that to inspire the the, the children to uh, to do the best they can. Uh, I'm also um, I think technology as well is um, is so useful. But I think for the for the youth of today, it's it can be. Really, quite a challenge for them because they've constantly got the pressures of social media and phones and mm. things. So, this is where I think the the uh, the, the crossover between education and society is um, is potentially uh, an issue. Um, and then, I think there are also leaders in education who have not yet had the experiences and they're leading the schools and they're doing the best they possibly can and this is where i sort of reflect on myself and the fact that i've moved through quickly but that was through choice whereas some people have to moved through education to um, positions where they haven't yet had any experience which is why i think experienced people like yourself in education and others out there have a responsibility to to share what they know and to share to support a system of education not just schools um, or not just clusters or networks but beyond that um and that's why i feel it is you used at the start of this um, this second half you use the word a privilege to come into schools it 100 it is a privilege henry to, to go and work with schools and to see from a distance um what's happening and i just think um yeah, it's going to be a challenge for some time um, because there, I know there are recruitment issues in a number of professions. Um, but for education, I really feel it's important because the wrong person in front of a class or no person in front of a class can certainly be detrimental to the children's education. That's what I'm all about. I came into education for the, for the kids and wanting them to, to thrive regardless of postcode, regardless of background. Uh, my philosophy is to... Um, if. It's an old English education slogan, but every if every child matters, then it matters that every child succeeds.
0: Mm, it's a good, it's a good point. Uh, it's a very good point, Graham. Graham, as always, it's uh, chatting with you. Time gets away from us, and it's always very fascinating and illuminating. Can I thank you so much for your time here and also your contribution to education, uh, both here and uh, I'm sure there's many people in England who value the contribution you made there. You're probably a bit hard on yourself.
1: Um, you never know, Henry, but I've appreciated <laughs> the opportunity to chat to you. Thank you very much for giving me the chance to talk. I enjoyed it.
0: That was Graham Broadbent, an educational consultant, school reviewer, uh, and a person who's had wide experience, very humble man in education uh, in, in, in several countries.